Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself The Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and and talk talk about about it. it. So glad for you guys all to be joining us Uh, once again. A reminder that uh, on January 28th at 10 p.m. 2, 8, Vin- 10. That's, that's right. Vince Mancini, January 28th, 10 p.m. Me, Brent Flyberg, and a guest will be at SF Sketch Fest. Buy tickets at sfsketchfest.com. S- it's a live. F. SF. SF. As in San Francisco. Yeah. Is Not Santa Fe. It, You'll be in the wrong no, place. Different place. Not San Francisco, Mexico. That's There's one there, too. It's not there. California, United States of America. Uh, buy tickets now. Um, we're doing a live Pod Yourself a Gun. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, okay. Yeah, Pod Yourself some fun. Pod Yourself some fun. Also, give Pod Yourself a Gun uh, five stars in a review on the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, pod Yourself a Gun. Pod Yourself a Wire is a feed that exists, but it's all Pod Yourself a Gun. Re- remember, you should be here. Okay, today. We are going to be talking about from season two of The Wire, episode two, Collateral Damage. And uh, our guest today is a returning champion. You've heard her on Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast. You've also heard her on the wonderful podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous, and also the producer of the D- Daily Zeitgeist. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Anna Hosnier. Oh my God, wow! <laughs> Guys, I will also be at SF Sketchfest that weekend doing no, another show. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I'll be there for Will You Accept This Rose, a live show about, wait, no, it's a podcast, but we're doing a live show about The Bachelor franchise. Oh, that, wow. that rules. What, what day is that show? It's the 29th, but I'll be there starting 20, I'll be there 27, 28, 29. Do, do, you, uh, do you want to be our guest for the live show? <laughs> I mean... Are there no better options? <laughs> kind of. I, mean, uh, I will do it, but also like there's like no other famous person you'd want on the show. It feels uh, like wait. an opportunity to take advantage of a okay, famous so person. We have a thing where we don't like asking famous people for things because then they might think that we're not their peers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, it. Wait, what? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that why, Vince? Yeah, when I go up to Kumail Nanjiani, I'm like, you think, you think you're better than people? Well, yeah, no, Kumail go, is hey. better than us. That's He got buff. That's automatic yeah, betterness. Yeah. Anyone can get buff if you have enough drugs. I think we've all learned that. I mean, uh, didn't he Didn't he do the steroids? I mean, I would assume. Look, just I That's know. not to say you also have to work out. Doing the eyeball test, I'm going to say resounding yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Go for it. No, I say go do steroids. I'm actually pro-steroid. Yeah. I don't understand why anyone's anti-steroid. No one's ever explained that to me. What's bad about taking steroids uh, i think you- there's like health risks if you uh, abuse them but also they're illegal unless they're prescribed yeah well yeah but I you mean, can just go to miami and find a doctor and be like hey yeah uh i doc i have this problem my biceps are too small hey doc hey doctor this is uh Belchick asking <laughs> hey, hey doctor sabatka i uh i need to get some big muscles so i can beat up this other polish piece of shit that's that's, <laughs> that's what he really good is that good? Yeah, really Is that good. a good Val check? Yeah, that's really good. Val right. check. Stupid he's, piece of shit. Yeah, he's cool. Um, Anna, <laughs> tell us. Do you like The Wire? Yes, queen, I do. 
hell yeah. <laughs> Love that you do. So do we. That's why we do a podcast about it. I have um, a book. I sent you the photo. I have you a, did. a behind the scenes The Wire book, which yeah. I've now misplaced. It's okay. Enough. No, you sent me a picture of it, and I believe you. Yeah, you have the... Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like the the official Wire companion book, which mm -hmm. I bought once we started this podcast. Thinking, oh, you have that book too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got that book, and I was thinking to myself, like, oh, it would be like the Soprano session, which was kind of our like Bible for the yeah. Pod Yourself a Gun podcast, because uh, you know it's Alan Seppenwall and Matt Zollersites who n they know sopranos in and out not only do they like do an episode synopsis but they kind of have their own analysis right that book um about the wire is literally just a, a bunch of synopses of mm -hmm. the wire it's just like here's yeah. what happened on a wire <laughs> without yeah without really i mean there's mo there are a few like you know uh season arc chapters but i'm kind of like you got any opinions about the no, show no. what about uh, strictly, what about trivia is there trivia no i mean uh. it, it's kind of like behind the scenes of like and then david simon walked up to this guy and was like you're from baltimore i'm from baltimore do you want to do a show yeah, yeah it's got kind of the vibe it's yeah. got some behind the scenes stuff but it's not like um here's my opinion about what the show is doing which is uh i mean i guess i don't need that i i got my own opinions i don't need someone else's but it was a uh, no, it's not my favorite book. All right. No, well, that's a, that's say... been our review of uh, <laughs> the Wire companion hey. book. Um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> Anna, yeah. do you have a favorite character on the Wire? Oh my God, what a heavy question! I know. Um, I don't. Oh, sorry, wrong. Okay, podcast. well, just to give some background, I started watching The Wire at a very young age mm -hmm. uh, because that's what you do when you're the lonely loner child of an immigrant family is you go to Costco and you buy box sets of DVDs. And so True. naturally I came across the wire. This was probably like mid, mid early two thousands. So okay. the show had started airing. I would say, I think it was, we were up to like season three has aired. Oh, at okay. This point. okay. So I start watching it around maybe 2003, 2004. Wow. And that's I, an early adopter because most people did not watch it when it was on the air. So good for no. you. No. Yeah. I was, again, I was just a kid who went and bought mm. DVD box sets at Costco when my parents, you know, were buying food. That's and how that's what I would to, sit at home and watch. That's how you had to do your rewatches back in the day is you actually yeah. had to buy the DVD because otherwise, you know, you didn't have a DVR or on demand. It was just uh, well, boxes you could also, of DVDs. I watched The Wire uh, when Netflix was a mail delivery service. That's mm -hmm. how I watched it. Wow. So I just want to say I'm also an early adopter. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a good story. Yeah, so Matt. I started <laughs> I you, started man. watching that. And you know, unfortunately, A Cab young me, I was like really into the surveillance aspect because my mom worked in a lot of surveillance stuff. And so mm. like I was very fascinated by like tapping. Mm. And, oh, like, wiretapping. Listening it. Yes, wiretapping and Not listening. Not like tapping in. that ass. Um, Sorry. Um, no, Matt, be serious. Okay. And so <laughs> I would, I would, I was just like really fascinated by it. And so, um, okay. Now, should I, do you have 45 minutes for me to go through every single one of my favorite characters? Absolutely because not. There is a lot. But is there Naturally, like, yeah. Loved yeah. McNulty. I thought McNulty was mm -hmm. so hot when I was young. I was like, mm. oh my Interesting. God. <laughs> Interesting. So you thought he was hot? 
Yeah, but I was also like 14, so. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think right. I was just young. I mean, he's young uh, still. He's not, what, he's not no, hot? No, of course he's hot, but he's yeah, like, he's, yeah. you know, you once you get to learn, you, you get to know Mick Nolte watching the show, and after a mm-hmm. while, you imagine, you know, there are some people who are like, God, he's such a disgusting person, and then there's some people who are like, that's part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's an, the best character in the show because of course there's omar okay there's bubbles Mm. there's stringer bell oh my Mm -hmm. god let me tell you now when (laughs) i was introduced to stringer bell my boy idris elba didn't even know he was british at this point okay (laughs) i was horny for some idris elba (laughs) let me tell you to this day my partner does not necessarily love watching idris elba because i start being like (laughs) and i'm sorry i am that bitch and i apologize to everyone Look, he was like, so hot you don't need to, to apologize. Me. And I don't know if it was just like the shady intensity of the Stringer Bell, if you will. Where's Wallace? And, mm-hmm. But like, I was so into him. All right, yeah. let's move on. Bubbles. Mm-hmm. Legendary mm-hmm. character, Bubbles. Great okay, character. Yeah. we cannot move on without giving love to Bubbles. Sonia. Okay. Sonia Son, who plays mm-hmm. uh, Detective Greggs. Mm-hmm. Uh incredible character okay let's move on avon barksdale legendary okay you cannot move on without talking about barksdale okay (laughs) Okay, guys like i I said this will be 45 minutes long you're reading all of them bunk but here's the thing all these characters (laughs) i love them okay yes young michael b jordan as wallace we want to know where is wallace stringer (laughs) d'angelo mm-hmm so just he needs help guys he's no, in he over does. his head yeah. no he's got a lot going on um so given that um many marlo. of you okay marlo another one marlo <laughs> bubbles, lieutenant daniels you know yeah marlo bubbles lieutenant daniels Bunny you know Cole. like uh uh well these are all great characters I, Omar. I don't know if i fuck with bunny oh, come on i sorry to say it but it's got a big given that squishy those, baby face Given that those are your uh, some of your favorite characters, um, okay, wait, what wait, are your wait, wait, thoughts but on... Actually, let's mm. be real. My ultimate favorite character is Freeman. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. correct. Sorry. We're all, we're all Freeman heads over here. Uh, but given that uh, some of those characters, um, I would say a good portion of those characters have very uh, little to no part in season two, what are your thoughts on season two? Like, what originally, when you watched it, did you... Uh, Were you uh, a season two hater or um, have you come around on it or what are your thoughts? Okay. Yes. Originally I was like, fuck the docs. (laughs) Not (laughs) enough stringer bell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was actually, I remember being quite sad for McNulty Mm, being like, damn dude, McNulty literally cannot win but also he sucks so in a way he deserves to be on that boat like can you imagine being an asshole can you imagine being like the hbo exec after you've just completed the first season of the wire like maybe it's starting to catch on like a little bit probably not i know it was notoriously not that well watched at first but you're like okay we got stuff to build on here guys we got these awesome characters we got omar everybody loves omar uh we got Mm -hmm. uh we got uh we got wallace wallace we got yeah Oh, bubbles. We got, we got bubbles. Johnny. Uh, we got all these characters that everybody we, loves. We got Lieutenant Sidner. What are we they going to do in the second season? All these uh, g- great characters that we've built over the course of the first season. And David Simon's like, uh, I'm going to focus 
on all the biggest asshole side characters. Uh, we're talking <laughs> Valchek. We're talking Rawls. We're, we're talking, talking Prezbaluski. Prezbaluski. Uh, He's like, hey, have you heard of Polish people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? I love that this this season is like uh, is like really diverse in that it's got like Polish people and Greek people mm. and uh, Jimmy McNulty is Irish as far as we know. So it's a very diverse season, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I we also I think everyone who watched it the first time was like, what what is what is happening here? Have your thoughts changed on that when upon rewatch? Have you have you come to enjoy season two of The Wire? Um, well, I think it's complicated. I think I've come to understand that season two is a bit of a necessary part in the evolution of what The Wire is. This is my political mm. answer. Yeah. Um, and so I respect it for what it is. Mm. Do I sometimes, do I, uh, when I rank the seasons, do I go, oh, I don't know about season two? Yeah, of yeah. course I do. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still remember being kind of like, fuck season two in my right. youth. And being so excited for season three, Stringer Bell. And yeah. so I I don't know if my opinion has changed, but I do respect that it is a part of the sort of anatomy of The Wire. Mm. Yeah. That we had mm. to visit the docks because we had to see an aspect of Baltimore that it's like the, maybe the wouldn't normally be visited. It's like the balls of The Wire. Like they're not yeah. good yeah. to look at, but they make the cum come out of the dick, right? And the and cum I'm, is the most important part of the dick. Yeah. Yes, I feel like we talk about this sort of stuff a lot with your podcast. But anyway, uh, I will say I do think it is. I'm glad we got through it in season two and then we could move forward. Yeah. 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 So what is it like to um, to be an actively anti-white person? God, it is the joy of my existence. Oh, must love not liking white people. White people. Must, it's just on your dating profile. Must love hating whites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is not a show about the fact that uh, white people suck and are the worst. No, this is a show about The Wire, which is a show about how the many partitions of Poland were justified. And we, of course, cannot okay. start <laughs> the episode without first playing the theme song. When you pod the garden. Oh my god. You got a pod. Well, I beg your pod. Podcast. If you pod with Jesus, he's gonna save the docks. Oh. You gotta keep the Polish. <laughs> Pod. Down in the hole. <laughs> Season two. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so and stupid, and everyone else. Today. We are, of course, talking about, from Season 2, Episode 2 of The Wire, Collateral Damage. Now, this episode premiered on June 8th, 2003. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? What happens when a hard-boiled cop has nothing to lose? Jimmy McNulty is Petty Serpico. That's right. That's basically the synopsis. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you, HBO Max, for... That really good joke. And what was happening uh, at the time that this episode premiered? Oh, uh, that's right, Matt. You know, we cannot evaluate art divorced from its cultural context. Uh, and we're going to put some of that cultural context back in 
just to contextualize with a little segment we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son. Mm. That's right. The back in the day machine today is taking us all the way back to June 8th, 2003, mm. year of our award. Yeah. Uh, I I was graduating high school. That is the month I graduated from high school. Yeah. Um, I'm old. So, some of the things, uh, some these things, they kind of <laughs> tie up. You see history is a time is a flat circle and all that. So these, Absolutely. a lot of these stories, they kind of tie in with uh, stuff that's happening today, such as uh, uh, Prince Harry, 18, will graduate wow. Eton after taking his finals this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, are, are me and... Prince Harry, the same age? Uh, Am I? Were you? I'm yeah, Prince, I guess. I guess so. Uh, holy fuck! I didn't know that. Uh, there's a big, what? there's a big spread on him in the Sunday Telegraph uh, with the headline: mm. "Enter the artist known as Prince." Uh, Ugh. Prince Harry today provides a Why fascinating. Why want me to enter him? That's weird. Yeah, uh, British. Uh, mm. Prince Harry today provides a fascinating insight into his school life with the release of a series of photographs to mark his departure from Eton College this week. The pictures reveal that Prince Harry, 18, is a talented and innovative artist and that he sleeps with a photograph of his late mother, Diana, Princess of Wales, beside his bed. It also emerges that the prince is a typical teenage boy. He has a cluttered room and photographs of bikini-clad pinups, predominantly blondes, on his notice board. Okay, this is getting fucking... <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> this is Freudian as fuck. He's got oh, you want a, a picture of his, of, I gotta, of his blonde I, mom next to him and bikini-clad photos of other blondes. Listen, I didn't want to I didn't want to go here, but uh, you know, since you brought it up, I do have a very Freudian clip from his recently released memoir. Just breaking oh, from the, uh, the uh, back-in-the-day machine format briefly. Mm -hmm. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frost Nippistan. I've been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found the tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. Oh, God. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. No. And I took a smidge and applied it down there. No, you it no. 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 I don't understand why you're so upset. I'm I'm done. I'm done with the Royals. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening to that book and I'm quite enjoying it. I like to put me mummy's lip cream on me todger. Oh, I smell me mummy's lips and I said, yeah, well, if I put it on me todger and did a little Willy Wonka, yubba, yubba, yub. It's literally that sad. It's it the is. saddest book you'll ever listen to. You're like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, you kind of sold it. Jesus it's so Christ. sad. The one thing I did learn, which I thought was a very funny fact, is the Queen's Corgis... Mm. Those fucking corgis. Yeah. They didn't like the stairs. They preferred the elevators. Yeah, they have very How short legs. Well, you fucking know. losers. Well, anyway. Yeah, that is the most like. I mean, a corgi is kind of little the baby most... short legs. Right, you... but that's like wow. they're the most perfect corgi sympathizer. That corgi colonized. <laughs> yeah, I'm a corgi Jeez. sympathizer. They didn't. They didn't ask to be born like that. <laughs> no, they're kind of like the perfect royalty dog because they're just like you know. What if we, um, you know, breed them in a way that makes them completely 
helpless in normal society. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do we breed them to be perfectly kickable? Yeah, just like the most football-sized dog. No, they actually bred uh, them that way because they they herd the horses by nipping the ankles, and then when the horses kick, it goes right over their head. Oh, is that is that really why they you bred just got them a that way? Fact in your ass, I got the fuck, dude. I know some things about corgis. All right, okay. It's weird that you know that. You probably want to fuck your mom's lips, just like Harry. <laughs> Burn, bitch! You gonna yeah, take that? Got wow. you, bitch. Wow. Yeah. I did not. I did yeah. not know that's what liking corgis meant. But now, Matt, uh, <laughs> I got your ass, dude. Coffee got on my him, keyboard. Dude. I'm gonna have to wipe that off. Um. <laughs> Yeah, shook him to his core. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Other news going on Mm. June 8th, 2003. Uh, This is also from England. Uh, Number 10 says sorry to MI6 for dodgy Iraq dossier. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tony Blair's closest advisor has written a personal letter apologizing to Sir Richard Dearlove, the chief of the Secret Intelligence Service, for discrediting the service with the release to journalists of last January of the so-called dodgy dossier on Iraq and weapons of mass destruction. Oh. This disclosure that Alistair Campbell, the prime minister's director of strategy and communications, apologized to the head of MI6 for the dossier will fuel claims that Downing Street was involved in doctoring intelligence reports before the war. Wow. Uh, that's crazy that that seems early for this kind of thing to have happened where like it's. The the war in Iraq yeah. just started a few months ago. Yeah, you think they double uh, down like, oh, we're still gonna we're still gonna find those. Yeah, well, weapons. that's what we did. Yeah. America doubled down immediately. Like they're there. We just gotta be here a few more years and just fucking a few more election cycles. Yeah, and then they'll show up. But they were they wow. Yeah. Uh, other this one's a real uh, slice of the times. We got some. We got mm. celebrity. We got dueling celebrity breakup stories. Ooh. Uh, first one. Rocker Courtney Love wants to apologize to ex-boyfriend Ed Norton. Kurt Cobain for killing him. No, oh, no, no. it's uh, no, it's Edward Norton from The Wire, uh, from the the uh, Fight Club. No. That's the one. Yeah, from the Prestige. Yeah, <laughs> wants to apologize to ex-boyfriend Ed Norton and his current squeeze, Mexican actress Sa- Salma Hayek. Didn't remember mm. they were dating. I bet. No. Nope. Uh, the grunge <laughs> okay. queen let her tongue get away from her when she told the Vanity Fair writer that she still loves Norton and that he'll quote never marry Hayek. For one, he can barely understand half of what she's saying. <laughs> Love now tells the New York Daily News. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now tells the Daily News that Norton quote has never made any negative comments about Ms. Hayek to me and does not discuss that part of his personal life with me except to let me know how happy he is. I especially yeah, okay. apologize to Ms. Hayek who is nothing if not brilliant with a loving relationship and a massive IQ, not to mention a firm grip and style with the English language. The, the, the seemed like a, that was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that sarcastic? Felt very, IQ. Yeah. Felt very sarcastic. Uh, yeah. In other celebrity breakup news, Billy Bob Thornton celebrated his divorce from screen beauty Angelina Jolie by burning the vials of blood they exchanged when they were married. Mm, the intense cool. couple swapped containers <laughs> of each other's blood to wear around their necks when they married in May 2000 as a symbol of their love. But after they split last year, amid reports French of fried containers of blood, <laughs> amid Sorry. reports of Thornton's infidelity, Stupid. Jolie <laughs> Jolie reportedly asked for the vials back. But Thornton, what? an Oscar-winning scriptwriter whose divorce from the Oscar-winning actress was confirmed last month, refused. 
Instead, he chose to burn them in a small box he called, quote, the marital coffin. He felt he'd given blood to make the marriage work, a source said. It didn't, so the vials had to go. But Billy being Billy, he had to do it his way. I'm sorry. So this is weird on just too many levels to count. But um, one of the levels is um, Angelina Jolie wanted the blood back. Mm -hmm. She was like, give me my blood. Give me back my my blood. blood. (laughs) Give me back my blood, Jew. I'm sorry. That's a lot going on there. There's Mel Gibson saying, give me back my son, adding Jew to it, and then we switch it with blood. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, You want my blood? That's another one we could do. Um, But also, uh, he burned the... You just throw it in the trash. Yeah, yeah. You could... I don't know. Yeah, you just just go... chuck it. Chuck it out. Nobody wants that. Also, Billy Bob Thornton wrote uh, an Academy Award winning script? Yeah. Sling Blade. Oh, he wrote Sling Blade? He wrote the lines. Yeah, I think he wrote French directed. fried potatoes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wrote and directed Sling Blade. Oh shit! Good for him. Yeah, okay. you're just finding Does out. Does that hold up? Yeah, I'm the, literally that's the first I've heard of that. That's crazy. No, no, I mean like, have you guys seen the movie recently? And does it hold up? I've actually never seen Sling Blade. You know, I've never seen it either. I just know that he says French fried potatoes. Okay. I saw it a long time ago. I don't know if I loved it, but I think I also saw it when I was too young. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And so anyway, (laughs) curious if it holds up. I will not be watching it again because of how I just didn't get it when I was young and Mm -hmm. I refuse to get it now. But I am curious if someone has watched it recently. Please tell me if Sling Blade In my mind, I sort of pigeonholed it with like leaving Las Vegas in the category of like depressing slog where I'm like, oh, that was was a beautiful artistic achievement that I don't want to experience because it's uh, not fun. But you know what? Maybe it's not that because I haven't seen it. Leaving Las Vegas is my second favorite movie about an alcoholic. Um, my first favorite movie, Bad Santa with Bill, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm, yeah, that's a very good movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah. been, uh, okay. that's been the back of the day machine. We got breakups, <laughs> we got uh, dirty dossiers, and we got Prince Harry. He's uh, he's 18, he's got pictures of ladies that look like his mom. Uh, and and on... his mom next to his bed. Normal and good the British are a fine, fine people. All right. So um, today we are, of course, um, talking about season two, episode two. And um, in terms of the Balmer B stories, um, a song came out around this time that I think uh, is perfect for explaining um, what happened in this episode. Oh, so, um, yeah, I hope you guys like the song Run by Snow Patrol because here it is. Spider. So, uh, Bitch, is that you? 
That's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god, you had me for a hot moment. I was like, I don't remember these lyrics. Like oh, I was wow. tripping for a second, and then I was like, no, wait a second. This is a classic Matt Leap scam. This is him. That's this yeah, is that's him. That's right. That's me singing it. Incredible. Uh, I the, can't wait till you get sued. Anyway, go on. It's gonna happen, and um, <laughs> I'm excited for it because I'm sure there's someone out here who listens to this podcast who's also a lawyer and who's also uh, incredibly litigious <laughs> uh-huh and specializes in parody <laughs> law and can help me <laughs> moving on so uh this uh the main pun there was spite up this is an episode about spite um this is basically an episode about how petty you can be when you truly have nothing to lose um and one of the things that i love about season two of the wire um, which is, of course, a segment. There's a lot of things that I love about him. season two of The Wire. A lot of things. One of those things <laughs> is um, the kind of the spite based motives of everyone involved and how that spite um, can really cause a lot of collateral damage to people that they like um, where or people just in general. So this is an episode called Collateral Damage, and there is a lot of collateral damage in this episode. Uh, we have, of course, um, Jimmy's collateral damage is that by forcing um, the city police to take on these 13 murders, he is causing Bunk and Freeman, his friends, to be the ones who are stuck working the case. Um, and of course, Valchek's collateral damage is that he is, uh, in order to get back at just one guy, Frank Sabatka, he's going to probably bring down an entire local, uh, an entire union, and uh, he's going to get them all uh, DUI stopped and give them a bunch of parking tickets just because of a fucking stained glass window. Um, and then, of course, the 13 girls we find out in this episode are literally all just collateral damage because they witnessed a murder. Um, and yeah, so that's what the episode is about in general. Vince, wow, you, ra you wrap that up really nicely. Yeah. OK. End of podcast. Thank you. for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're done here. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great episode. I mean, the, uh, the the last episode sort of raised the question, like how how would uh, longshoremen get back at the police? Like you you would think that they would have distinctly less power uh, in this right. feud. Um, and we're still waiting to find out, but we can tell that uh, Frank Sabak has got a plan, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, this this episode very little Ziggy, which I think um, was probably important uh in the context of this season because you know you meet ziggy and he's uh he's a lot he's a lot at the beginning of the season like we have yeah we he shows his dick off in the very first episode which was okay. good which was strong but like you know he's does anyone else think ziggy the original roman roy yeah yes oh yeah yeah, there we go. yeah. he's a working class roman roy that's mm -hmm. that is kind of his his entire mm -hmm. vibe uh, like but but more he's pure... a nasty little messy freak He's yeah more more pure hearted. Um, but uh, there's very little Ziggy in this episode. But the Ziggy that does exist in this episode is uh, kind of my favorite. Um, and uh, I I have a clip of when he uh, is trying to go in on a he's trying to get a package from White Mike. And uh, <laughs> I have a clip. Yo, Mikey, what's up? No. No what? No fucking way, little rat face piece of shit. You fucked up the last two packages I gave. I thought we was friends. Did you fuck up the last two packages? Sorta. Of. Are you beat to shit? 
No, take a walk, my friend. I, first of all, just calling him a little rat face piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the most perfect. Wait, wait, Matt. I thought yeah. we was friends. <laughs> hey, did I beat the shit out of you? I thought take we was a walk. friends. Take I love conceptually, walk. we was. Yeah. I thought we was friends. Well, God, that's a love. That's what I love about Ziggy is like Ziggy is um, like he's, of course, coming from this working class family, but he's definitely like a higher class. I mean, you yeah, know, he's, his, it feels like he's cosplaying as. Uh, as yes, he's cosplaying as working class because his dad is the boss of the docks. His dad's Frank Sabatka. He's got that car. He's got like the what is that? A Trans Am or something? It's got, yeah. he's got that car where it's like clearly you spent some money on this car, but it's almost like you wanted to make it look like you didn't spend money on the car. Right. Like you just broke restored it in your yeah. uh, little row and, house and garage his, and and he's trying to fucking you know he he wants to deal drugs like that's mm-hmm. his that's his thing and it's um you know it's the funny thing about it is that wait he screwed up the last two packages and he thinks he like you, you don't get any detail on how he screwed it up but you know it's something along the lines of like i got the drugs and then i gave them away to people um, and then one guy robbed me yeah. and that happened like a few times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, I, I, I think this is, uh, an easier sell on Ziggy because, uh, you know, in the last first, when we first meet him basically in the last episode, it's like a tension filled scene, uh, mm-hmm. in which every time Ziggy <clears throat> does something like annoying, like you get really mad at him cause you're sort of, invest- right. <laughs> you're sort of invested in, uh, cousin Nikki, trying to make this drug deal go right. So when Ziggy comes in and fucks it up, you're like, God, get this annoying dickhead out of here. Like, even though that's his character, that's the way he's supposed to be. Uh, So in this one, it's like Ziggy's foibles are allowed to be uh, a little more uh, just funny. And uh, right. You get to see him, you know, it's not working out good. Yeah. We don't push back against them as the viewer. What's interesting. Yeah. No, I was going to say like the mm -hmm. minute you meet him, Everything about you is like, God, he's gonna die inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does, he's yeah. about to fuck up. His energy gives off such uh oh energy. Yeah. Like you can't help it. You mm-hmm. just like are like, I yeah, yeah, keep an eye on this guy because he is about to go away. Yeah. No, I mean y- you know he's doomed from the jump because yeah. he's just got nothing he's got nothing about him that says like He's going to um, be capable of of handling any any no. of these worlds, whether it's just like being a guy who works on the docks or like whatever the fuck is going on with the Greeks. You're like, no, nah, he shouldn't be here, man. He shouldn't be here. This is bad. No. Um, and the fact that he so desperately wants to be a criminal, you're just like, oh, this is not good. What's interesting about this, though, and I realized that in watching this episode, um, and last week's episode as well is like the uh, an interesting uh, understated i think theme of this season is the um under policing of this community and the over policing uh clearly of last season's community in the yeah. uh, west baltimore projects because uh, number 1 uh, you got in last episode uh herc goes up to kima and says like i love these white boys because you can go up to them and be like hey uh can i buy some drugs and they're like <laughs> yeah okay how many drugs do you want like they don't they don't have codes or anything yeah fucking white boys i love them 
I fucking love him. Yeah? I call him up. I tell him I want to buy some drugs. You know what he says? He says, okay, I'll sell you the drugs. How much drugs do you want? I swear to God, Cayman, they don't code it. They don't ask for a meat, nothing. And then when you make the deal, there's no running, no bullshit. It's the guy himself walking up to you in the parking lot saying, I brought the drugs. Did you bring the money? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Have much respect for black people after working with these idiots for two weeks. No, seriously, if white boys want to sell drugs in Baltimore, they have to make different laws for it. Like even it out for Affirmative action. Leave no white man behind. Um, and also, they're talking about, like, Ziggy's talking about buying a package from him, like, out in the open in public. Yeah, and he's just no standing. No whispers. Yeah, he's standing next to a, a bodega or whatever they call those in Baltimore, uh, just yeah, selling some drugs. A, a pierogi dega. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he's just, like, selling drugs, and he's saying out loud, like, no, you will not get my drugs. Last time I sold you drugs. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Do you guys worry uh, someone's going to hear you or anything? And they're like, no, not really. We got some, um, I will say, the the white the whites of Baltimore do have good nicknames because we have... Oh, uh, they do. We have New Charles and White Mike mm-hmm. in this episode, which are uh, yeah. both, both no, I, I, excellent. I'm, I'm a fan of their nickname game. I'm just not a fan of their, um, you know, the fact that they can so easily do crimes and sure. no one even suspects them. The big part of, uh, of like, the big version of that in this episode was after um after Sabatka and his boys are all fucked with by Valchek at the DOI checkpoint um uh in order to get revenge on Valchek horse goes to the parking lot of <laughs> yeah. the still, uh, he hot wires a car in the police impound not only that but he opens yeah. the door of a surveillance van with a slim jim yeah uh, that's a police car and slim jim is like the easy like yeah you can open a civic with one of those but really a police van it's uh yeah but it, they let's be real it's just a van it's not really a police True, van right. because it's one of their like surveillance vans so it's nondescript it's like a basic old van and exactly. the odd, to yeah. blend in the audacity but, of it is the secret weapon because it's like the only yes. reason that he can get away with that is because they clearly have assumed that no one will be stupid enough to, uh, you know, break into a surveillance van in the police impound lot. And he's a yeah. white guy because yeah. not, o- not only that, but when a horse gets in the van, hot wires and starts driving, two policemen are coming forward and he salutes at them and they salute him back. Yeah, <laughs> He salutes at the yeah. cops as he's stealing the van. Listen. And I'm just like, this... Uh, this is a really nice statement on who the police would actually be suspicious it's, of. I think it's also human nature. Like as George totally. Santos proved, you know, if you act like you've been there before, mm-hmm. uh, people True. will just assume that you have without questioning yeah. it much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but goddamn horse. He's also wearing the fucking most <laughs> just like uh nothing to see here folks trench coat i've ever <laughs> yeah. seen yeah he's yeah. like oh me crimes not me i'm wearing a trench coat <laughs> like he looks like he's gonna flash his dick it's really fantastic i do sorry um, i just want to go back to ziggy a little bit because no, i please, please i think what i said last episode <laughs> still applies is that he's like this combination of uh unicorn and very like tried and true character like the idea mm. that he would be the fuck up cousin who is trying to, you know, get uh, some drugs to sell is mm. very like classic TV movies, whatever. Uh, yeah. But then you, you you compound that with him being all of these other very new uh, things that we've not seen in a character. Like he's like a 
fail son with the big dick and his dad small guy with a big dick yeah, yeah his dad works at the union like he's i think he's hard to take so i understand i understand why i think i think ziggy is the main barrier to loving season two that a lot of people have aside from sure. the like lack of omar and uh mm-hmm. some oh. of the things that they came to love about season one interesting that's what you think huh that's what, what, the, what I, I think that's frank the is the real mvp of this season like frank's frank. energy is pure chaos and that there's something about just how like stressed out he is and yet he just doesn't stop and like him and Valchek's beef basically stemming from a window yeah like a glass stain window in like a church and like a, from is it a both Catholic of them church? being too goddamn stubborn like Valchek yes. is so stubborn that he he didn't make a phone call that's what this entire beef stems from yeah. the fact yes. that he just assumed that this would all be cool and is pissed when it didn't even though he didn't make a phone call and then on Sabatka's side like all he would have to do is swallow his pride for like three seconds and uh you and know be like hey can we work something out yeah but instead right. he's like no my father didn't like you my mom didn't like you you're oh, short you never get any yeah. pussy so, and you're bad to your so family great. which is like the kicker of the polish insult is that you this don't even know about your family this is my favorite frank scene uh in the season so far and i i have a clip of frank and Valchek uh talking he could take another window in the rec on the second floor good for you no good for you frank you don't want my finger in your eye. You better do what's right here. What's right would be for you to come down here to my house like a decent human being and ask a common courtesy. But that's not you, it's not your way. My old man always said you were a half-assed punk over at Holy Redeemer as a kid. And my sister said you were a pain in the ass pest at all them CYO dances when none of the girls would even look at you. And damn near everyone down the point said when you got your badge, it was too much for anybody named Valchek to have even a patrolman's drag. And sure enough, you've been an official asshole every day since. That's like yeah. one of those scenes where you're like, hold up, let him cook. Because he is <laughs> fucking cooking that fool. He I got mean, not his only- ass, but he's he's he's... He's losing the forest for the trees because he's gonna. Oh sure. He's gonna win but, this argument and uh, get spite, his whole crew thrown in jail. That's the thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Is the the pureness of the like no, but fuck you. Yeah. Like that to me is is the most human thing about it. Is like it's not the like strategic thing, but it's like uh, he he for uh, I mean he comes in to his local right at the moment where like he's already fucked with his people by giving them weird parking tickets and yeah. and it's uh, I, I forget what else he did oh yeah he also the D, dwi checkpoints got shit. dogs much sorry i guess I'm they're joking. quiet I'm now i'm sorry i'm just yeah. Yeah. Sorry. i can loud. always delete the dogs i'm good at <laughs> deleting dogs um sorry. no but uh and then like and then he comes into his fucking local and yells at him and he's like, no, fuck this. I'm going to just straight up just be like, your family's trash. You're short. Uh, my sister says you were a low key sex pest over at like the Catholic dances <laughs> and um, you shouldn't have power. <laughs> and uh, it was that was sexy to me. Yeah. There's something about that actor. What's his name? Bauer? Something yeah. Frank. Bauer? It's Bauer. Frank Sabatka. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank, I just knew him as Frank. Frank Sabatka Bauer is just, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's just he great. Nailed he nailed it. And then to it. think yeah. Valchek is like, okay, where'd that money come from? 
And yeah. then it's like downhill from here. You got yes. fucking Carsetti now being like, I, I run this shit. And yeah. you're like, oh, God, all over a fucking window. Give them the damn window so your entire criminal <laughs> enterprise doesn't collapse on itself. Yeah. You like, think that would be the smart thing to do, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be the two. human thing to do. And that's I think that's <laughs> yeah. what I love about it. It's just like it reminds me. I mean, like Jews get a lot of this like stereotyped uh, in terms of like levels of pettiness that we can do w- w- among family. Like uh, the the last two uh, Jews in Afghanistan who both uh, hate each other, <laughs> and they they both have their own synagogues so that they can say fuck your synagogue. <laughs> like they won't even join together. Like that's kind of how I feel about like the portrayal of like spite in in like between these two polish immigrants who would be like yeah you guys are both um like making your lives harder for absolutely yeah. no reason you guys right. could collude and, in this you know yeah yeah exactly and on top of that frank is aware that 13 women were found dead on his dog yes yes so he on top of he's not even acknowledging that there could be a massive murder case on yes. his docks that could potentially implicate him right there's gonna be like, Fuck you. I want that window. I get that window. <laughs> it's and it's so like, good. It's what? so good. That is so real. That mm, <laughs> I love that shit. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, uh, after that conversation, um, we we get Burrell. Oh, sorry. No. After that conversation, Valchek then um, talks to Andy Krawcheck, who is this is the first time we've ever seen this dude. Yeah, he's basically um, he looks like Pat from SNL. He's yes, a very it's it's Pat. He's a very androgynous um, man. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a, it, once again, it's like the wire is so good at getting like normal, regular, ugly people that are like, oh, you're you're a real like you're a real. I don't even think that like he's. Uh, I think he is uh, unique in his like he's almost oh he's almost like a parody of a normal normal looking dude. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Uncut Gems guys, you know? Yeah. It's like they're yeah. like. He reminds they, me of a Funny Pages or Uncut Gems, yes. like a Safdie Brothers kind of casting choice. Yeah, he's a Safdie Brothers, and that's a, a lot of the casting in this. Andy Krawcheck is a developer, and um, he clearly has like big pull in um, like politics uh, because he's a fucking property developer. And yeah. that's, uh, which is another like interesting and boring thing for a tv show to like mm-hmm. get into like the corruption of the you know local city big wig uh property development people like that shit is like th- that shit is over my head in a newspaper <laughs> in a city yeah. that i live in let alone a fictional fucking you know uh tv show so it's yeah but the way it, they made it art was uh yes the, you know that you got the guys on the docks and they're spending all this money with the lobbyists to try and get a new grain elevator and or uh, get the uh, canal dredged. Meanwhile, right. this guy is trying to develop some condos. And what does he call it? The granary. The granary. It's uh, very it's cute. Kind of, very cute. It's cute. It's, it's the perfect. same way. It's the same way all of our uh car companies name their cars after uh native american Horses? tribes that oh, we yeah. uh you know <laughs> the, that we genocided that we genocided <laughs> yeah like oh, yeah yeah this helicopter or, is gonna be called an apache uh yeah yep yeah no straight up it's uh it is you know it's great it's um both on the nose and subtle at the same time mm-hmm. um 
And we're going to see a lot of Andy Krawcheck going forward uh, with his dealings with Stringer Bell. Um, And uh, he, of course, has one of the greatest character arcs uh, on the show. But we'll get into that later. Um, So then uh, in this conversation between Valchek and Andy Krawcheck. Before you get too far into this conversation. Oh, no. We should probably take a break for ads. (laughs) Is it time for do advertisements? Yeah. Hi, Brent, producer Brent Flyberg. Is hey, it time up? advertisement yeah, time? It's, it's time to to get our freaking money up, dude. Oh, time oh. to get that money. <laughs> so uh, stick around. We'll be right back and listen to some ads for stuff that you may need. Okay. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, Someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And we're back. Yay. I hope you like those ads. I hope they were good and products that you enjoy. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, just uh, finishing up with what's happening with Valchek. Uh, in the conversation with Andy Krawcheck, uh, it's mentioned that Burrell, uh, who has been the deputy ops for the last season, is now um, possibly going to be the commissioner. Mm-hmm. They, they give each other cute little uh, Polish uh, Polish pet names, too. Uh, yeah, I'm confused about those. Are those Polish pet names, or is that just their name in Polish? I don't, I don't know the difference. I, I don't know no if there's idea. a difference between the two of those. 
Yeah. Like all Polish people have pet names instead of regular names because they're animals. <laughs> Oof. All right. <laughs> wow. Polish beasts. Um, I can say that. Poles hate Jews. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, they are a very racist. I've been to Poland. Anyway, go on. Oh, that's fun. So uh, I, I can actually comment on this episode because I've been to Poland. Oh, okay. how was it? Where'd you go? I went Krakow. To Wars- no, I went to Warsaw. I wish I went to Krakow. Yeah, because Warsaw got- was so such a city, boring. Uh, yeah, I mean, I they got cool names. Mm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. loads. Or like Valchek. <laughs> they have a city named Loads, though. You know what I mean? I like a load. Yep. Fuck yep. yeah. That's, well, they're very mm-hmm. white nationalists, so it's, oh. uh, one yeah. of, it's, a, it's a place. It's a place. But Loads, though. <laughs> but Warsaw. I will say, their their form of money, which is called the, I forget, it starts with like a K or something slotty. like that. Slotty. Uh, I don't. I it's don't not a slotty? So. I thought it's, it, it, I know that from Holocaust movies. <laughs> I uh, I think things have changed since the Holocaust. Probably, maybe. yeah. I don't know. Oh what the... well, yeah. You're right. Maybe it's called the Zloty. Z L O T Y. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. Pronounce it very intensely in Zloty, Poland. Yeah, but that does pretty well compared to the dollar and the euro. So if you want to go buy some shit, yeah. I recommend going to Poland. Good to know. So. Valchek visits Morel, talks to him about, um, you know, the fact that he's uh, up to be commissioner and uh, very cleverly, <laughs> very obviously um, uses uh, uh, his position to uh, to do a little bit like scratch my back. I scratch your back. And uh, I have a I have a little clippy clip of that. They're pushing Shipley. See, that's racist. You know, it personally offends me that anybody would reach down past you to elevate some colonel just because he happens to be white. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on the phone and call my friends at the hall. It's very kind. And what if anything is there that I can do for you, Major Valchak? (laughs) Funny you should ask. I need a detail. What for? I got some guys in the southeast that are showing a lot of money. Port guys, longshoremen. IBS? Oh, I'm not talking about going after the whole union. Just a couple of guys in one local that look fat. Frank Sabaka, you heard the name? No. And I'm not saying the problem even goes past him. So obvious. What's he to you, Stan? To me? Hmm. He's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gives him the unit. Yeah. That's the best part. Well, the best part is, 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 uh, Valchek... He's not really doing anything for this. Like he's getting a free favor. Like everybody's already talking about Burrell. Like he's he's gonna be the new commissioner. So basically, he has the votes. All Valchek is doing is like making the vote count, even like like padding it in his favor. Like he's running up the score. He's gonna talk to his white buddies in the southeast or whatever who <clears throat> are opposing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but he doesn't really have to do anything because Burrell's well, gonna get elected anyway. I think. Uh, and maybe I'm, you know, uh, put, maybe this is a little much. Maybe I'm reading into this too much. But I also think it's possible that is, is there's a low key threat involved because Valchek in that ask is proving that he is the most petty motherfucker in the world. Sure. 
where he's just like, uh, I'd like a unit to investigate a guy I hate. Um, (laughs) And all I would like in return, um, uh, what I'll give you in return is uh, make sure that uh, this district uh, falls in line. I think the implied threat there is like, if you didn't do it, you'd be like, oh, well, maybe I'll do the opposite of that and try to get people against you. I guess he could theoretically make Burrell work a little harder to get this uh, position. But yeah. Yeah. But so he's basically, I, you know, he's doing he like if he had any realistic shot of getting someone else that he wanted more uh, put mm-hmm. in the commissioner's slot, he would definitely do that. But he knows that he he doesn't. He's kind of already lost that. So he's going to he's going to use it to extract a favor, which is like that's just good, good politics right there. Yeah, no, he's that's his whole thing. His religion is playing the politics game. Mm-hmm. That's his entire thing. And, you know, pettiness. Yeah, that's the other and also, I think Catholicism is his actual mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, religion. Um, but yeah, so he uh, gets him his detail, um, which is crazy because the, the previous season, it took like fucking uh, a judge yeah, to order episodes. them. Yeah, to to get a detail going. And uh, Valchek is able to get one just because he's Valchek cuz he's yeah. got the uh he's got the political connections he's got the pull. Yeah, but he uh he didn't get a good detail, that's for sure. He got a bunch of a bunch, bunch of humps. bunch of fat humps working under uh Presbo and all they want to know is who signs the overtime slips. That's the only question yeah, they have. Yeah, they got we got Polk Polk is back from last season. <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, the drunk guy who showed up more drunk than I've ever seen uh, a character on TV in my life. Um and uh, he was the one who was considering throwing himself down the stairs. <laughs> Yeah, in order to get like three fourths pension and retire, that would, that would be preferable to doing work. <laughs> to literally just showing up to your job. Yep. Um. Wow. So yeah, he's yeah. he's That's part the best of- kind of the best part about this show because it's really no holds barred on what people in Baltimore are like. Uh, people in Baltimore and <laughs> like, okay, just and, going and, ba- yeah, just yeah. going back to uh the scene between Valchek and what it was the other guy's name. Uh, Andy Krawcheck. Oh, yeah. Krawcheck. Like that scene is so uh, jargon heavy. Like, mm-hmm. like in the context of 2003, when every TV show was basically like holding your hand and telling you how everything yeah. worked. These yeah. guys are talking about definitions. They're talking about the IBS. They're talking about checkers. They're talking oh, about yeah. roll on, roll off cargo as the only thing keeping yes. these guys open. And then they got the granary condos that you only see in passing. Yeah. Like it is so information dense and they, they're just leaving that there for you in case you want to know it, They don't care. Yeah. Uh, it's no, just, it's absolute nonsense. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It, it, the, it, it, it's what makes this, probably the best rewatch show uh it's as I've ever dense seen. with lore as like lord of the rings only it's yes. like actual stuff that is like city issues in baltimore <laughs> like yes just yes some super if you esoteric want to, you can nerd out on literally because everything yeah. they're saying it's like i said this last season but it's like originally you watch the show and like every other scene it just sounds like charlie brown's teacher uh, just like the wonk, 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 because you're like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and then upon rewatch, you start to like learn that language and, um, and you're like, oh no, everything they're saying makes total sense and is a hundred percent like, uh, uh comprehensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to kind of watch it a to, few times. Yeah. You have to like go, you have to 
fall down six Wikipedia rabbit holes about yes. uh, well, various types of cargo. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like back in the day, I had a very clear understanding of all the different like policing departments in Baltimore from watching this show. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could be like, ah, that's not their jurisdiction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what am I talking? About? I'm like 15 <laughs> years old. Yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. I just like was watching The Wire, so I was yeah. just like, yeah. The thing you need to understand is they're not going to take that. The beauty. Yeah. yeah no, the that's beauty county. Of that's like, county. Yeah. You don't. They're not have... going to eat those bodies. Okay. They're not going to eat those bodies. They will fight to not eat those bodies. <laughs> yeah. You can find all that stuff out if you want to but at the same time just the inertia of like like valchek's perfect fucking weasel face is yeah communicates everything that you need to know in order for the plot does look like he's constantly hunting rats yeah Yeah. you know he's got corrupt face polish mongoose yeah he's a fucking mongoose he's trying to eat a fucking snake he he's he's got um lizard eyes it's yeah incredible it's incredible it's and, great uh, and i think he i don't know for me he gives me like an intense sense memory of like dead great uncles that i haven't seen since i was six <laughs> like he's got that like i could just picture him smoking a cigarette in like a fucking beige diner with really plasticky seats somewhere yeah. like just he has like those kind of wrinkles and that kind of like grease on his mm-hmm. face like that sheen of facial grease uh yeah yeah that, oh yeah and they make them dress like like the captains are like what are you in a marching band what are yeah you no that is <laughs> yeah the funniest thing about <laughs> a room full of like police colonels of yeah. different stripes you mm-hmm. know like you know fucking port police or fucking customs as yeah, they all like, dress out. like the head of a marching band and you're just <laughs> yeah. like do you guys not feel, feel silly you look yeah. silly. Chester A. Arthur like, actually added the epaulette in uh, eighteen yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where's my hat that goes up and has points? Fucking <laughs> 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 nerd. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, speaking of those cops, um, this episode has just some of the greatest, um, like, war. The the fucking. Jimmy and his bodies and the dead girls and the fight for mm-hmm. jurisdiction or against jurisdiction is like some of the fucking it's just some of my favorite shit in the wire and uh, uh well let's I mean it starts let's, let's 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 not forget it starts out like Jimmy's storyline in this episode starts out with him and Bunk having a uh, crab feast uh, that's right uh, with some crabs that Jimmy has apparently spent an entire month collecting while uh, he's been out on the boat and uh and now they're, the job now they're eating them over some mgds which is the most <laughs> random of domestic beers that you could possibly choose i don't know mm-hmm. if people in boston or baltimore drink mgd still like i haven't seen an mgd probably oh, that 10 was, years uh, the before champagne this. of beers no no that's uh that's miller high life which is oh. great this is Miller so Genuine Draft, which I don't okay, think anyone it's, drinks. It's the bubbly of beers. This is Miller Heavy. I don't know who. I don't, I've, I've never once been in a bar where someone's ordered a Miller Heavy, and I've. Uh, can I can I ask you, Vince? Did you do any um, uh, research for our Lake Trout segment about um, about crab gut? The crab gut. I mean, I didn't because I know. I think I know the basis basics. Okay, of it. so it's since the, you know the basis, I'm going to play the song. Fried chicken, Lake Trout. All right, this is Lake Trout, the segment where we talk about whatever food is going on in the wire. 
so what, yeah. what's up with that crab gut part? Well, there is actually a Reddit thread about this. Uh, in season oh. two of The Wire, two detectives are eating crabs they caught and fried themselves. Uh, the scene ends with one of them asking the other if he's going to waste the crab gut. And then he grabs all the innards and shoves, shoves them in his mouth, which is just casually revolting in a very realistic way, I thought. It was nasty. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just a very, that's a dude's rock moment. Like he's only <laughs> eating like that. <laughs> He's only eating like that because there's only one other dude in the room and there's no one right, else to discuss. Right, and he discuss. wants to show that dude how hard he is. <laughs> but he's yeah. like, are you going to have that? And then he's like, meh. He just grunts a response. I'm he like, grunts, this is yeah. gross. And he's like, you're a pussy. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, give me that crab poo-poo. Hey. You going to waste that crab gut? You're a pussy besides Jimmy. I was like, this is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like So it. my questions are, did Bunk eat a bunch of crab feces? Is there no discriminating if something is fried? Is fried feces edible? Uh, top answer. In Maryland, we call it mustard and it is delicious. It's the oh. liver and pancreas of the crab. Asians uh. also savor it with rice. We serve atop fried rice with Chinese sausage in the restaurant I currently cook in. Uh, huh. That's what people call it in the Northwest, too. Some people make crab butter with it. Good on sourdough. Um, yeah, it's, okay. uh, you know, it, it, it's, I feel like every shellfish has a part that you can either eat or not eat. You know, you can, yes. like when you take There's, the shrimp head, you can, you can eat the whole head. You can suck the brains out of it. Uh, yeah. Same deal with uh, crawfish. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting about shellfish. There's always one part that's like, if you're a real man, you'll eat this part. Mm-hmm. Like the like, I remember the first time someone saw me eat the tail yeah. of a shrimp. Um, people were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "That's considered food." Yeah, and I then see, I ate it's, it. It's funny because like I consider myself the disgusting guy who eats the discarded parts a lot in my house. Yeah. Um, my wife and uh, stepson are sort of squeamish when it comes to like bone on chicken and they leave a lot of it and i'll, I'll go through i'll eat the rest of that chicken i'll take oh, all the see, trimmings I'm, off of that that's too much for me i eat I'm the not, knuckles but but when yeah, it comes to shellfish see, i don't i don't fuck with shellfish innards interesting yeah sorry. i don't fuck either with, i don't fuck with the knuckle i i hate the like the part of the chicken that's just like oh this is um this is kind of bone but it's not it's like ligaments mm. no i eat that i eat the pope's nose at the end the little tail love that what the fuck is the, the pope's, pope's nose? nose yeah it's a little it's the you know how how uh birds have that little tail like when you see it on a duck it like sort of moves yeah side to side yeah when you make a when you make a turkey or a chicken or a duck or whatever it's got that little like triangular piece where their tail is and it's like it's got a little uh, bit yeah. of it's got a little bit of bone in the middle, but it's mostly like fat, and it gets nice and crispy mm. when you when you roast no. it. Most people, I don't, uh, know. I don't think I've ever fucked with a pope's nose. Yeah, I, but, no, you know, I don't know. I fuck with the pope's, I don't know about that. pope's nose. I'll take the 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 tips on the the wings too. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I'll, with me, I guess it's I'm mostly talking shellfish. Here. Yeah, I but just, I don't uh, I don't eat the shrimp uh, shrimp brains. I don't suck the heads of the crawfish. That's that's a bridge too far for me for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I yeah. didn't grow up near the sea. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Um. So yeah. Uh. Back to what we were talking about here with these dead girls, right? <laughs> that's, and by the way, like this, you know, mm. we got this show that's all about petty workplace beefs which is sort of like the the unsexy very realistic part of the show but yeah. uh we can't disca discount the fact that this is also just a really solid police procedural like any any oh, law and order writer's room if you pitched them the story about like 12 dead girls on a container ship i feel like they'd be like hell yeah that's a great uh no that's a sure. great done it let's do it 
but here's okay but here's what i love about this particular uh this is why the wire is good okay because i think with Preach! any other show just joking sorry what no it's fine with <laughs> any other show the whodunit part would be a, a thing we would all be trying to figure out what happened piece mm -hmm. it all together right what happened to these girls why did this happen this is episode two and by the end of the episode all of that is explained it is not a whodunit it is literally a yeah, show about uh how how the cops are going to figure this out if they are yeah. at all it's not about them that, figuring out how to work it's about how them figuring out how to not work and uh, yes, pass the yes. buck to someone else which is yes usually and i love that happens yeah especially with like today you know everything's a murder mystery everything is true crime everything is a whodunit where like the audience is supposed to be like oh i can piece this together and the episode, you know, uh, the very last scene of the episode, you actually have the Greek and Spiros like torturing a dude and him just admitting why those girls are dead and ha how it happened, you know? Yeah. And, and I think like, I think any other show they would have, um, you know, someone, one of the police would have figured it out. Yeah, and they turn this this sexy murder case who who done it into uh, the most mundane uh, mm -hmm. jurisdictional fight <laughs> over who's gonna eat these bodies for the stats and yes. have their stats ruined. And one of my favorite aspects of this episode uh, that I that I wondered while I was watching it this time around was like, what's it like to be Ray Cole? Like Ray Cole, <laughs> kind of an unsung hero because. Yeah, CID, collateral damage, dude. CID eats the murders and Ray Cole is up next on the board. So technically like this case of 13 bodies should be Ray it's Cole's, his. but because he sucks at his job so much, uh, yeah. Landsman is like, I'm taking this away from you. I'm giving it to these other guys. And Ray Cole, like if that was you to have all of your coworkers basically uh, admit you. <laughs> that you're terrible at your job and you can't be trusted to do it. Like to me, that would be devastating. Right. But that would be more <laughs> embarrassing than just not solving the case. Right. Yeah. But Ray Cole being Ray Cole is like, hell no, man. They know I suck. So I don't have to do yeah. that shit. Score. He's so pleased. <laughs> oh, I, He's I like, aha, try being as terrible as me. You're like, yeah. what? You're fucking yeah. doing like your job. He's like a true numbnuts. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, actual yeah. numbnuts. You're, yeah. you're doing Enjoying your working for, <laughs> for a living, dipshits. <laughs> Way to go uh, being good at your job, dumbasses. I'll be oh, on. I just solved the crime. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to the bar. Yeah. Like, nobody so, likes me. It's so true. Uh, I, like, the wonderful thing about this show is that it is the nobody wants to work anymore of shows because nobody wants to work the cops don't want to work nobody wants to work and like uh i have the clip of uh when jay landsman gives uh the 13 dead girls to bunk and freeman you two winners are on the jane goes what hey we're not up jay we caught that double with pimlico last week cole's gonna take the double you two got pussy in a can jay that ain't right <sighs> you know what ain't right our squad has a negative clearance rate for the year a negative rate. The best of luck to you and all your future endeavors, detectives. I just, I love Ray Cole just being like, hey, good luck, asshole. Yeah. This show, uh, this is, I mean, keep in mind, this, this show came out in 2003, and 
it really uh, foreshadows the world of big data that we live in now, where everything mm-hmm. is based on some stupid number and software uh, yes. at the expense of anything real. Yeah. yeah. I was just telling yeah. Matt, like I called, I called Apple twice in the last two days to fix a problem with my iCloud account. And mm-hmm. uh, both times, two times in two days, the person on the other end of the line was like, hey, my computer froze. Can you call back and see if you can get someone else? And I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, wait, what's the what's the number to that other department? And the guy's like, I actually don't have that because my computer's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, currently disabled now. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't software. To be says honest, I, can't I don't know work. how I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, the podcast that teaches me how to eat is mm-hmm. not working. My job and I runs software. Software no run. I can't work. Sorry. <laughs> At least you talk to a person. Yeah, that was uh, impressive. That is impressive. Um, but yeah, um, to get to that scene, um, we have to go backwards a little bit. So um, the the cold open of this episode, uh, BD is looking at these 13 dead bodies and her superiors and also a bunch of different like departments like state police, customs, fucking uh, Port Authority. They're all um, they're all. N- they don't want to take it. Nobody wants to take this fucking case. And um, the Port Authority decides that they're going to eat it. But the reason that they don't really put up much of a fight is because they're going to rule it an accident. Because the 13 girls were found in the can with um, their air hole, this pipe that gives them air, um, crushed. And mm-hmm. the assumption is this was an accident and fucking... Hey, nice yeah. assumption. Yeah. You know, it's hey, sometimes... In Baltimore? Sometimes 13 <laughs> girls suffocate in a can. That's, um, I mean, you know, a tale as old as time. Um, but uh, then, you know, when Bunk and Jimmy are in that box uh, eating eating the crabs, um, Jimmy uh, looks down because they're eating on top of a bunch of newspapers because they're, you know, they're trash people. Um and he sees like an article about these 13 dead girls in a can and he starts reading it, which to me was like, that was the most like Hollywood part of the show was him finding yeah. out about that from the fucking newspaper like plates that they were using. And uh, Jimmy ends up uh, using his lunch break to go investigate these 13 dead girls in a can. Um, side note, I love that Jimmy can't tie a knot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I literally, when I was watching that, I was like, what is happening? No one can point out that that boat is clearly going to float away. And then yeah. when that, his like partner was like, you call this a knot or whatever. He's like, what is yeah. this? And he's like, a knot. I was just like, fucking okay. do bunny ears. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Oh, that was great. I'm glad they called it out. Cause even I was like, okay, bro. What is he is doing? Yeah. Not right. That was he's just so like, funny. So he just like throws the rope. Yeah. He, he does like a few, like just loops it around and I'm like, okay, where's he going with this? And then he just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> You lets feel, it go. You feel bad for him after season one, but then he always constantly reminds you why he's on that boat. Yeah, right. Because it's he's just like, such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. He's like, uh, if the boat floats, what are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> what, are they going to move me to another boat? Good yeah, luck. yeah. They're going to have to keep going through all the boats, and I'm not going to tie not one of them down. Um, so when Jimmy is, uh, you know, he, he, Jimmy meets Beatty Russell, who is the Port Authority cop, and um, oh, they're sitting around trying to figure out, like, where these girls came from and by so the this way is, i have a quibble with yeah. this part 
So she, they're trying to figure out where, where she came from, where the where mm-hmm. the girls came from. And they're like, Magyar, what's that? Mm-hmm. And no one knows it. And uh, meanwhile, I'm yelling at my... I know. I'm yelling, hungry! 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 hungry. Me but too. I, I feel like Jimmy McNulty... That's the exact kind of fact that uh, Jimmy McNulty, the non-not-tying know-it-all, uh, I feel like he is a stand-in for me True. in those moments because I also <laughs> would be the kind of guy who could not tie the knot but would right. pride myself on knowing uh, what country Magyars are. I yeah. feel like he would know that. Yeah, well, he shows up right after that. That's true. Okay. That, that like he doesn't show up in time for that. Uh, she he shows up right when Beatty says, "What am I, Rand McNally?" <laughs> and just like waits for a laugh, which uh, yeah. beautiful little moment. Um, yeah, so she's then, got good jokes, but no one will laugh at them because they're like, "Ah, she's a girl. She can't tell." Yeah, she's jokes. a girl. What Stupid are you doing, woman. girl cop? Yeah. No Stupid woman. I will say much love to Amy Ryan because oh, I, I think she nails that role. It's just like, hey, I'm just a Baltimore cop. <laughs> yeah. I, as like, we've said, we said this last yes. episode, she's like the only one trying to do the accent. No, uh, yeah. She she's the only one who realizes cares. that there is an accent in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the other actors are just like, I don't know, East Coast, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure. And of course, McNulty is like, uh, I, I don't know American, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm American. I think I'm having an affair. Uh, yeah. Oh, wrong show. Yeah, yeah I love he's a it. weirdo. You just can't do the accent. That's what makes him wonderful. But um, Jimmy uses his lunch break to go check out, you know, this uh, this murder scene and um, uh, looks at the fucking, you know, looks at the air pipe and notices that it looks like it possibly wasn't accidental. Not only that, he realizes that his floater that he caught earlier um, was probably part of this mm-hmm. box of girls um so pieces are kind of falling into place and of course bd is like oh that's actually makes sense because there were 14 bedrolls and 13 girls so then in um talking to the coroner uh, it, jimmy's first part of like using his beautiful brain to do the most spiteful shit he can um, he is able to turn these accidental deaths all into murders by pointing out that the air hole was definitely hit with a hammer. <laughs> right. And then when Rawls is still able to somehow not take responsibility for it because of like jurisdiction, it's not enough for Jimmy. And Jimmy then gets a mind scientist and the coroner together to try to calculate at what point these ladies actually died and where the ship was during that during that murder and they're able to figure out that uh the ladies were definitely dead in the city limits of baltimore and i have a scene of uh of them all talking case needs real murder police you don't give a shit just gonna fuck rawls don't you absolutely what can you give me this is about fucking over your boss yep first of all how big was the false compartment 13 by 7 by 7 0.25 liters of oxygen per minute per victim. He's a doctor? A State Bureau of Mines. Mines? Mines. Mines? Mines. Mines? Mines? A State Bureau of Mines. He's a doctor? Mines. Doctor? Mines? Oh. All right, I'm sorry. Stupid. <laughs> I'm just glad you're keeping to. yourself entertained. I just like, it's so boring collecting clips. And then, <laughs> and then you get this little who's on first with mines and mines. And it's like, <laughs> what am I not going to edit it? 
Um, so the mind doctor is able to uh, say unequivocally um, that it is in <laughs> Rawls in Rawls jurisdiction. My, and they my have to question the about this plot point is like was was one of the uh, the prostitute murderers on the boat also a mind scientist? Like, did he know that there wasn't going to be enough air uh, in that in that container uh, to make yeah, all of the girls die? Because that's like I don't I don't think I would know. That, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to to guess that. I, I, my only assumption could be that at some point they had an accidental um, death of some people because of a plugged air hole, and that the murderer put it together. He's like, I know one really easy way to kill them all, mm-hmm. um, and that's sure. to smash this with a with a hammer. So that's hmm. that that is my guess. Um, but yeah, I would have never thought to plug the hole. Um, seems pretty uh, clever for a guy who's uh you know babysitting a shipping container at op- on the open sea but okay yeah hey mm. i'm willing to suspend this belief yeah it's it's believable enough yeah so um rawls of course doesn't want to take the case but he is forced to and at first it's going to be ray cole and uh, before uh bunk and freeman are assigned the murders they all go out celebrating essentially with jimmy about his genius ability to use his brain just to fuck over the guy who made him ride a boat um and uh they make him take 14 shots of jameson for every every dead uh woman on that boat which is both yeah i think it speaks to the id of like a good union job which is that uh like Mm -hmm. the the main perk is that you can be 30 or 40 or 60 and still act like you're a frat dude. Cause right. Uh, I, I, I took 21 shots on my birthday, uh, almost yeah. died on my 21st birthday. If I tried to take <laughs> 14 shots, uh, at my age, like I would probably be die. Yeah. You would definitely die. Um, I, I also think it speaks to, um, the strength of unions a little bit too, that like there's almost, um, there's, well, I, I the idea that McNulty can do all of this stuff and they really can't do anything right. to him. And yeah. he says it makes it you want to be, episode. it makes you want to be part of a union that the idea that you conceivably could take 14 shots on a weekday, uh, yeah. and then like either to celebrate in... <laughs> your, to celebrate you fucking over your boss to a degree that would really ruin anyone else's career, make them yeah. get yeah. fired and not, and totally unhirable. But not not for Jimmy. He's he's he just has to wait ten years and then he can collect his pension. And uh, he says the line, you know, uh, they can chew you up, but they got to spit you out. Which is, um, I just yeah. wish that police unions weren't the only unions <laughs> in existence in America. <laughs> right. That is. I know. It's a bummer. I um, will say, I think, um, man. I I don't really understand why Bunk and Freeman are celebrating with him because now I, they have to deal with it. But well, also the fourteen yeah. shots was shocking to me. That was. I was like, was. and they're like, ah, take one more. Okay, yeah, no. good luck. Go that way. I'm like, to die. <laughs> yeah. Go that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you do? He's like they're dead, not right? calling him a cab. They're like, ah, no. make sure he can All walk right, to his car. Don't here. <laughs> yeah. well, they want to. They want to hurt him a little bit. They also want to celebrate. Um, but for them, they're like they they didn't envision a scenario in which they are the ones who have to investigate these murders. They're like, we feel bad for Ray Cole and for Jay Landsman, obviously uh, having to take these cases. But 
at the end of the day, this is a really, really funny. Oh, prank. They're great. They're, they're having fun. They're like, it's, uh, we're watching the bosses get fucked with the knowledge that we didn't do any of it. And thus we yeah. cannot be blamed yeah. for it. Uh, yeah. So we just get to experience all the good parts. Right. But and then, little do they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little do they know they are going to be forced to take it. Uh, meanwhile, to end uh, Jimmy's uh, storyline in this episode, he, uh, he wakes up uh, Nakey in bed um, in Rhonda Perlman's house, and then they have a quick, uh, what am I to you conversation, which oh, I think is wonderful to which, have. With which a, ends a on Nick. just uh, just a chef's kiss of a fuckboy line. I don't know if you yeah. pulled this clip, but she's asking him, you know, what am I to you? Am I your girlfriend? No. Am I your wife? No. Am I your soulmate? No. What am I to you? And his response is, ah, eh, we're good together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which... Yeah. And then uh, I want to be honest with you. Um, if my wife wants to get back together, that's I'm immediately doing that. Yeah, he screwed and, up uh, because he's he, such trash. He got earnest. He, he had the perfect fuckboy uh, dodge line. Uh, yeah. And he could have left it at that. But he, he gets earnest and is like, yeah, you know, if my wife takes me back, like we're done here. Which, yeah, he's a, a real fuck boy. And then as soon as like Rhonda like goes to the bathroom and is just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep fucking this idiot? He's like, Rhonda, <laughs> yeah. I need aspirin. <laughs> he's such trash. I'm dying in here. It reminds it's me like- of me when I was a heroin addict and I used to just wake up at like my friend's houses and go, KFC, <laughs> KFC, because I just loved KFC so much, and and I just wanted them to do it for me. You could have just befriended Avon Barksdale and gotten some yeah, I was gonna in say. prison. Absolutely, there is a KFC, a, a very clear KFC product placement here. There is, yeah, and, and you're uh, just like, aren't they in jail? Yeah, but can yeah. you imagine how good <laughs> KFC would taste if you're in prison? In jail. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. Amazing. Yeah. In You're fact, eating prison food for like six days, and then someone brings KFC in. Oh, I want like, KFC now, you would dude. Hear, like, like you would hear angels' violins playing, dude. I would but, come. Do we not think that Avon probably gets that all the time? Yeah, since all he, the like, time. Runs yeah. everything. No, he he's, probably he's gets it on the up. regular, but uh, yeah. I could still imagine what it would be like for so someone who wasn't see- Avon. We get to see what's going on um, with uh, the Barksdale organization via Avon being in prison and, of course, Weebay in prison as well. Avon is kind of living high on the hog in terms of, like, he's got basically the hookup. I mean, every CO there is on the take in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so Avon gets to eat fucking KFC. He gets to have conversations with his, like, gang member friends. Like, it's between some fucking, you know, a, a gate. But when Stringer comes, they are just talking about crimes. And they're in... He's I in prison. <laughs> He just wa- Here's the thing. I don't understand the just driving up and walking up to the fence. Yeah, walking up to the fence. Uh, 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 clearly, I think it's it's just them being like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're somebody, um, which Avon definitely is, uh, you get to do that. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think that's that's what happens because there's a lot of corruption going on with the corrections officers except for one a guy named tillman who fucks with uh weebay weebay um is getting his room flipped over and all of his contraband is being ripped off the walls he's got like a he's got like a a naked woman showing her pissy he's got um (laughs) black tail porno magazines which um 
I, I don't know Blacktail. I mean, you know, representation, I, I, baby. Let's no, see it's it. nice. Yeah, it's it's good. You love to see it. It's not um, like Prince Harry just having pictures of white blonde women on his walls. That's right. Hey, what if <laughs> who knows? Weebae's mom could look just like one of those black tail cover girls. One of the black tails, yeah. It's true. No, no it's true. I would it would be great though if uh <laughs> if Weebae had Princess Diana on his yeah. wall. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, uh, and then as Tillman's like fucking with his shit, he sees um, a fish tank. And we all know from last season, Weebae loves his fish. He loves his fish. He loves his fish. He's got a bunch of fish tanks and he's got one in uh, in his prison cell um, with motorized fish, which... Um, <laughs> yeah, you when, wouldn't think that would be Tillman... a good substitute, but uh, for Weebae... Yeah, Weebe... you wouldn't think... And not only that, you wouldn't think that like Weebae has much of an emotional attachment to it because like part of... I assume being like a fish guy um, is being like kind of into the species of fish, the personality maybe of some fish. And um, when Tillman flips over his aquarium filled with motorized fish and just like steps on them and walks out, like in the scene where Avon is eating KFC, Weebae comes over to like talk to him. Um, and he is just clearly, he's like shook by this assault on his on his fake fish uh i have a quick yeah. clip of that if you tear your room down man we keep bringing more stuff in it's gonna get so we can't tear it down fast enough you feel me fuck with my fish though hey man i don't he ain't had to go there man What's like the that level of like ooh, don't go there this is some like deep sociopathy where you realize that like, oh, they don't need to be like a live fish. <laughs> no, for he just Weebae. likes the look of something swimming around. He likes the look of something swimming around. It, he's like, he's like, has an emotional affection for these like robot fish. <laughs> it's just like you, you, you realize in these like small, funny ways, how much of a psycho Weebay is. And uh, uh, yeah, it continues in this conversation. What's up with this motherfucker? You remember LaDante? Burner from over the pole, Holmes finally caught him at Carver, parking lot after school. We did that? All right, tell me it was LaDante's cousin or some such. He found out I ate the charge. He busted my chops. LaDante? I can't even remember that one. <laughs> you need a scorecard to keep up with your lethal ass. So Tillman, uh, his cousin is a guy that Weebay murdered at one point. And Weebae is... Ugh, and he that, just won't get over it. He just won't get over it. And I love that, that Weebae is such that he's like, you know, remember that one guy in the parking lot? It was like a while back, like 15 murders back. And <laughs> Avon's like, yeah, vaguely. <laughs> like, that is... Mm. It's a weird... Uh, I mean, you know, that's the world of, of gang stuff, I guess, is you just... You do so many murders, you forget about them. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. It's Weebae. He's he's done a lot. Yeah, that's true. Look, he's dangerous. And you know what? Something I've noticed about... Actually, this show does a really good job of like <laughs> showing these sort of um, oddities of these mm -hmm. like very dangerous people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they do that a lot where you see like they have, you know, like Weebae being obsessed with his fish or like just like other strange things that like they're up to or they're into or they're just like... Mm -hmm kind of obsessive about yeah because like it's you like, see it, that in these characters yeah and uh, the, this show does a great job of like humanizing people even people yeah. who you would like it would be easier 
to just be like, oh, they are bad guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and so like finding about, uh, you know, uh, finding out about all the different like eccentricities of Weebay, who is a essentially a serial killer, um, yeah. makes the character like, you know, he's bad, but you're like, well, I'm interested in him. And uh, that's what the show is good at is keeping you interested in um, things that uh, maybe you wouldn't be yeah. interested in. I mean, yeah, yeah, like they do the same thing with like Omar. Like they mm-hmm. do it. They take these characters that you're like pure evil should be scared of that man, right? And they're, and they're like, okay, but he's kind of funny, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, funny. but you know what's crazy? He likes fish a lot. And <laughs> yeah. it's not like, they, they don't go he's over hot, the top. Right? They don't go over the top with it either, you know. It's not like, no. oh, you know, it's not about like what's interesting about him is how much of a murdering sociopath he is. It's like, no, what's interesting about him is that like he's got the these fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh he he loves them. And you're just like, yeah. okay. He can do a, a yeah. life in prison without batting an eye, but uh, if you mess with his fake fish tank, he that like will, might cry. Yeah, it will real that will spin him out. <laughs> That will spin him out of control. Um, and just to wrap up that storyline, uh, Avon is like, don't worry, I'll talk to the CEO. Tillman, uh, he tries to talk to him and he's like, go fuck yourself, essentially. And so we realize that that's going to be an issue. Um, and we see D'Angelo Barksdale for the first time this season uh, snorting cocaine mm-hmm. in his just jail cell. a little cell. cocaine. He's doing a little cocaine. Uh, and, um, which doesn't seem clear- like it would be fun. Like to me, cocaine is like no. a drug you do when you're like, you know, trying to stay awake. You, you really want to, you're not a drug addict though. You see, you don't understand. Yeah. That's the thing. Everyone else is always like, Oh, I loved cocaine. Cause I would love to go out and party. And I was like, you know why I like cocaine? Because, uh, if you walk in the middle of the street, when you're on a lot of cocaine in the middle of the night, you still feel spider webs. That's why I like cocaine. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because then you think about like, man, these are some ambitious ass spiders. They're trying to go from like uh, like one tree on one side of the street to the other side of the street. That's that's why a drug addict <laughs> sure. likes cocaine. Yeah, but it is. They're literally like, he's like, ah, all right, thanks, man. Good night. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, your like. What else are you gonna do? Okay, and then you're like. <laughs> <laughs> well, just yeah. sitting on you'd his think bed. they would be like, like wow. talking to each other about like the the t-shirt company they're going to start or the restaurant yeah, they're going to open. Exactly. But, no, but yeah. no, they were just like, no, we just take a little toot like, and right. uh, sit on our bed and listen to some music. See yeah. you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that is uh, that is how cocaine should work. I I hate the idea of like drugs that have to be social. Some of us are drug addicts and want to do them alone. Anyways, uh, and then Avon comes in and is like, hey, we got to talk at some point. And D'Angelo's like, sure. And you see this look on Avon's face. And I think that's where you go, oh, so D um, is the collateral damage of this story. Yeah. Line. And the petty part is uh, someone, uh, th- well, the petty part is twofold. Mm-hmm. One, it's uh, that that Weebay murdered this guy's cousin, which to Weebay is just like sort of a petty the yeah know, it's a yeah, small right. that's petty to him it's a small uh what's the detail. big deal yeah like whatever i murdered this is that guy a bigger a deal than ago. you like hurting my dead my fake fish <laughs> yeah i don't think so yeah and then it's the it's the pettiness of turning over the fish tank and then the collateral damage like you said 
uh, mm-hmm. is D'Angelo, D'Angelo is, has had his life on, ruined. Yeah, he just had his life ruined. He's taken on 20 years and um, he is not feeling so good. So he is self-medicating. And uh, this is a concern for Avon because in the scene where Avon and Stringer are talking together, uh, you know, with the uh, fence in between, Avon is trying to say like, he's family, man, to Stringer. And Stringer's got this look like he's like, kind of don't give a shit. Yeah, Yeah. If I have to kill him, I I will. I don't know Ziggy yet, but this guy seems like you're Ziggy. Yes, exactly. That is true. And uh, yeah, so that is, that's the episode. Um, Did I miss anything? Uh, Just just the uh, Turkish guy uh, getting killed. Uh, Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does have that great ending. Um, and I like uh, that they didn't know it was Turkish. Uh, like it's somehow everybody missed the tattoo of the Turkish flag. Oh on yeah, his literally arm. the Turkish flag <laughs> tattoo on his body. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, he could be from anywhere. Yeah, that's uh, my Sergey impression. That was Sergey. Yeah, everybody's they were just like, all right, and here's actually what happened. Yeah, and I, you know, anyway. I have a, a clip of that uh, that I will happily play. You gotta understand my crew. They've been pulling on their putzos for weeks. Mm-hmm. These girls, they look pretty good. Catalavenis? Yes. I mean, that cash to spend. I admit it, I saw chance for business, but that was all. What happened? One of the putanas decided she doesn't want to be a putana no more. This one guy got rough with her. The whore died. The others one saw. I didn't know what to do. You kill one, then you kill them all. No, that was another one. That is a, um, first of all, that is a crazy motive for doing a big old murder, which is just like, oh, they saw um yeah he's covering his ass that's everybody's motive in this uh episode slash that's true that's true it is just like yeah i guess as like a like a like a regular guy i'm like oh yeah but don't kill him (laughs) because they're people they're people (laughs) yeah for sure um and also you think your 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 life is now in danger because that's like a few million dollars worth of prostitute money that you just mm-hmm. murdered so seems bad um and it is the first time we get to see the greek doing like da boss gangster shit mm-hmm. and uh they slit his throat and then he goes bleeds like a lamb <laughs> which uh that a little too on the nose <laughs> oh i loved it i was like yeah say some greek stuff bleed like a lamb i just mm. That was good to me. He's getting Sexy. his stinky Turkish blood on my shoes. Oh, disgust on my shoes. He bleeding like a lamb. <laughs> it's just... Malaka. Mm, malaka, which is the... Uh, that's the word of this episode. Um, is uh, Malaka. It's the word of the season. Uh, it just means uh, like idiot, right? That's Greek for idiot. I looked it up, but I can't remember. So that sounds right. Yeah, it's Greek for idiot. Uh, and then also, uh, the I would looked up some of the words he was saying um, in whatever language to um, the Greek, and he was saying, please, I'm sorry. Uh, and then they slit his throat. And then it ends with him getting his throat slit, which is um, for The Wire. 
kind of an exciting ending. That's two episodes in a row with an exciting ending. It's like most episodes of The Wire so far that we've seen have ended with like a fax. And then the guy's like, the fax came through. And then... They do be faxing on those show. They do be faxing. Do you think he got to St. Peter and St. Peter was like, you know, you you were pretty casually misogynistic with those last words here. Like, I don't even have to... I don't even have to go back very far in this. Uh, you were, You're talking about the guy who got his throat slit? Yeah, yeah. When You're talking like, about... Yeah, let's see. You called him Putanus. <laughs> um, While and, you were uh, begging for your life, you still found uh, the time to call them horse. Um, seems I bad. love that St. Peter is just going to cancel you straight to hell. <laughs> He's the ultimate cancel culture <laughs> St. Peter is yeah. the ultimate cancel culture guy. He's just like, um, I have the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a lot of fun. Anyways, um, if I had to grade this episode, and I do, I'd give it a solid B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, definitely. Uh, almost an A, but uh, you know, gotta leave room. Gotta leave room for improvement. Solid B plus. Absolutely, solid B plus. Anna, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? And you do. Mm. I would give it a B. You son of a... <laughs> a Look, B? Look, I enjoyed it, but um, I want more action. Fair enough. I guess a guy getting his throat slit and saying misogyny words isn't enough for oh Anna. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was like, oh. well, here's the thing. It took too long for them to figure out he was Turkish. They're like, Farsi? <laughs> like, they like went through every language. He's like, uh, Ukrainian? Yeah, he's yeah. this guy. It's uh, like, oh my he speaks God. Spanish. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, hey, guess what? He speaks English. Yeah, right. He that was kind of the weird speaks part. English. So no, the guy just I think they finally realized they were screwing with them. They knew he spoke it, English. And he was finally like, oh, you're Turkish. Anyways, so English, right? And he's like, yeah, it's okay. You <laughs> guessed right. You get to speak English to me. <laughs> So if I were to average all those uh, together, what's wrong? You don't like my accent? It's great. You uh, speak English to me. Every accent that I do is just that time I saw the porn and the guy put his penis in the woman's mouth and said, shut up, the mom. That is a porn I saw once, Anna. Wait, what happened? He puts his penis in her mouth and he says, shut up that mouth. Because she was like talking a lot of shit. Shut up that mouth? Yeah. Shut up that mouth. And I was just like, yeah, you tell him. All right. Uh, All right. He also says at one point, sit on my dick, which I enjoyed. You to watch a lot of like sort of Eastern European porn. No, it was just a regular porn. And the, but the guy ended up being, I know it was, it was Mason's dirty tricks part two. Check it out. Anyways, um, solid B plus episode of the wire, solid a plus episode of pod yourself. The wire on a Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Um, I'm at Anna Hosnie on Twitter. I'm at Selling Hosnie on Instagram. I produce a bunch of podcasts, including hosting my own called Ethnically Ambiguous. You yep, can yep. listen to that. I also recently started a Substack, which is SellingHosnie.substack.com. I write about shutting that mouth up. Just joking. Uh, <laughs> Shut a bunch up of stuff. Up. Write about a bunch of stuff. So check out her Substack. Check out her uh, hilarious podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous. And uh, follow her on all the socials. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for coming on. 
Thank you for having me. I would love to come back on more episodes because I love The Wire. Hell yes. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes. And the $8 tier gets you a shout out. And of course, uh, before we do, let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shout outs this week. Um, and I also want to say that, uh, Vince, did you see the email that we were invited to a wedding in Ireland? I, d- I did. I Yeah, that'd be nice to we, go to. I don't know if I think I can. Yeah, but. it's the wedding of, of Paul Mahone and Betsy Spear. Um, and I just want to say, um, I want to go to this wedding, Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like if we went there, you'd actually be like, oh, that was kind of a joke. Um, and so, and also (laughs) it's probably respond and find out. I went to a podcast listeners wedding and it was the time of my life. Really? It was incredible. It was in New York City. We went because we were going to be there to do a live show anyway and they invited us and it was literally not a huge wedding either and they had seats for us at their table their family was like freaking out that we showed up and it was mm-hmm. such a joy we were li- it was a jewish wedding we were literally holding the chairs up in the hora wow. it was so crazy i'm in the family now maybe you we'll go yeah. sounds like we should, sounds like we should do it matt sounds paul like and betsy uh take the, email, take the email us let us know if you're serious um also let us know if it's way too late to rsvp um and uh you know hey well maybe we'll go invite us all your weddings listeners uh okay shout outs first is james pog pogachnik pogachnik i mean he's got it we call him little oh i'm doing nicknames for these yeah 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 we call him little pog Low Pog, all right. I'm pretty sure that's what Pogachnik means, right? No, yeah. Pogachnik does sound, yeah. Now that you said it fast and correctly, that's that sounds like Low Pog. Um, then we have a user whose name I still don't have, but it's everything goes dumb. I, I don't know how you give everything goes dumb a nickname. Uh, we'll call him. Uh, we call him Todos. Call him what? Todos. That means everything, yeah, yeah. and you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's speaking Spanish. Um, Todd Usher. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we call this guy Bieber. Okay, fair enough. Know, yeah, no, I get it. Usher. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next is Jerem. J A R E M. Uh, we call him Sleepy because he's uh, he's going into REM. He's, he's in the REM. He's in the uh, REM cycle. Okay. Yeah. Next, once again, I couldn't find a name. I just have the Patreon name, but this is Crip Eating Bread. Mm. <laughs> Crips are blue, right? Crips are blue. Yeah, we call them Lil Bluey. That's my kid likes that show. Oh, that's right. That's the uh, Australian dog who's mm-hmm. also a gang member who sells drugs. Yeah. Um, like next, all Australian dogs. That's why uh, I got into the All Australian dogs selling drugs on the side. Yeah. All right. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> next is uh, Keith, Keith Nigel. Oh wait, that's two different people. I thought it was I don't the guy know. With four. Is Keith, Nigel, Benjamin, Willis? I I don't remember if that's two people or one people. See, I um, was looking at it like it was one one guy's name. I'm gonna look it up. And I was gonna okay. nickname him Quattro, but uh, you know. Oh, oh oh okay. Hold on. Let me just look. Is oh oh hold on. I'm in airplane mode. Keith. Oh no, yeah, it's one name. Keith Nigel Benjamin Willis. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's this guy's Quattro because he's got four names. Quattro. And finally, Guy Franks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm go- I got so many got different 
competing thing because I'm thinking of Guy Fox, but then I'm also thinking of Anne Frank. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking of uh, like a man dick. You know, because like a Frank's like a, oh, you yeah. know, it's like a Frank's and beans, and a guy is a man. <laughs> yeah, we call this guy Ballpark. What? Oh, okay, Ballpark. Yeah, he plumps. All right. He plumps when you uh, when, when you, you tell him, him that mouth. he has uh, Jews in his attic. All right. <laughs> and, and Frank, I don't know. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> uh, that's your shout outs for this week. Once again, it's patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh, we have a, a bunch more. But again, uh, if you haven't heard your name in a long time, write us at broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments and concerns. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Mm.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.